You're listening to the Just Jazz and Co podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what of ambitious careers with me, Just Jazz, and many guests. I'm a multi-passionate, wildly ambitious lover of tea and R&B. I'm also on a mission to guide more high achievers to the careers and lives they deeply desire through coaching. Yep, you heard me. Desire. No shame or secrets about it. Here, we boldly embrace ambition by owning, being, and doing more in our careers. And in each episode, we break down the barriers to creating something that will make you and everyone you know step back in awe while keeping it simple. So what are you waiting for? Let's dive into the episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to this episode. I'm really excited to be sitting here and having this conversation because it's overdue, (laughs) right? It is actually overdue. Um, And I have very interesting memories, should I say, um, when I was hosting my first podcast, The Palm Podcast, which was designed to showcase stories and journeys and the truth behind all of those things. And I remember going to a live event the live event for the podcast, so live recording, um, and having a conversation with somebody before we began. And we were just talking and she was saying how much she enjoyed the podcast and it really encouraged her to look at her growth and personal development differently. In fact, she just started working with a coach. And I said, that's amazing. I'm a coach too. Um, And she said, what? I didn't know that. Oh my goodness. If I knew you were a coach, I would have worked with you. I, I just didn't know. And I was just like, oh my goodness. I realized that I've never actually said it on the episodes. Like I've never said it in the show at all. And I probably had just over like a hundred episodes of this several seasons. It had been going for a number of years. So it was definitely one of those moments that stuck with me because what I found I'd done with that podcast is put myself very much in the background. So even when I was interviewing people, I wouldn't put in my two cents um, as much because it was a platform for others. Like it was my my gift was to create a platform to highlight others and their stories and also sit in that seat of wonderment of the listener almost um, and let the journey go where it may. Right. Um, and ultimately, if you haven't guessed by now, renaming this podcast the Just Jazz and Co podcast is another sort of signifier of me not doing that over here. This is this is very much you sitting around the dining table with me and some of my favorite guests or sometimes just with me. Okay. So to that end, I want to make sure that anyone who comes into contact with this podcast understands me as a coach for ambitious careers and communities and where that journey started from. But also if you're new to coaching or you've maybe met it in a slightly different way to what I present, I wanted to start from the beginning in terms of what it is, what it isn't, my perspective, my approach, but also my personal um, journey with coaching because I didn't know what coaching was Right. I didn't know what coaching was years ago. Um, And for me, I first encountered coaching when I was working for a startup. And this was my first ever tech role. It was amazing for me as a high achiever, as a self-confessed ambitious person, because I was in this space where I was encouraged to create. I was encouraged to think out of the box. I could wear whatever I want. I dyed my hair green. It was some of the best years Um, in terms of my evolution, my maturity, my experiences. Um, but because I was so ambitious, because there weren't as many boundaries, right, it was so free and so open, I went headfirst into that, which meant that I went headfirst into performance, 
right? That was the first ever experience that I had where I got promotions without asking or having to like prep for it and wait for a performance review, right? I was performing, but I also was betraying myself. I wasn't putting boundaries in place and I went headfirst into burnout. And that really compounded itself with my own history of mental health um, struggles with anxiety specifically. Um, And it just resulted in me coming out of Oldgate East Station, which funny enough, I go to pretty much every day because my office is there now. Um, There's a lot of memories in that area. (laughs) But I came out of Olgate East Station and had a panic attack immediately on the staircase on the platform. I continued on. I cracked on because that wasn't the first panic attack that I'd ever had. Uh, Got into the office, but I also knew that I wasn't in a place to go and join the rest of my colleagues at an exhibition that day and razzle dazzle customers and prospects and all of the above. So I found our head of uh, people who had actually just been very open about doing mental health first aid course, about the the inspiration for that for her being quite personal. Um, So I knew that if I found her, I wouldn't have to spend ages explaining what had happened. I could just inform her that it happened and that I'm not feeling that great and I'm gonna go home. So did that. Um, It was interesting because I was so lost in the source that she was just like, why are you taking your laptop home? And I was like, because there's stuff that I need to finish off. Uh, Bearing in mind, I was a customer success manager. So account manager, delivering training, helping customers answering questions, right? So definitely not a surgeon or anything of that ilk. Um, But I negotiated with her to take my laptop home to do my work. And she basically said, look, if I see you online between two and three o'clock, I'll just cut you off from my end, right? I will just pull, I will deactivate your email account so you can't do it. And I said, that's a deal. Went home, did a little tiny bit of work, but literally just crashed, spent the next few days in bed. Um, and naturally that was a big day for my team. So it was like, oh, where's Jazz? Um, and you know, she was super respectful and just essentially saying, you know, what would you like me to tell people? I said, just tell them I'm unwell. I will see what I want to say when I get back. So she told people that. So when I came back in, people were like, oh my gosh, I heard you were unwell. Hope you're feeling better now. And I was just like, yeah, not less tummy bug <laughs> and more panic attack coming out of the station burnt out so anxious so on edge body starting to break down not sleeping well all of the above and in return everybody essentially well not everybody but most of the people that I spoke to actually most of the people who asked said you know I have panic attacks all the time and actually that phrase came from one of the highest performing people in the entire company right the entire company um I had folks who had basically shared, you know, I totally understand. I've had anxiety for years. In fact, I'm like clinically depressed. I'm on medication. I've been struggling to balance that with this job. Like I love it, but it's really tough. It's really high pressure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. People just started to open up. Um, And I went back to the head of people and I said, something's going on here where we all love it, but we're burning out. We're crashing and burning. We're not taking care of our mental health. We're not taking care of our physical health. We are just doing all the things um and at that time they would already um they were already in conversations to bring in a company to give us all coaching again still didn't quite know what it was until they shared the materials and I was like this sounds amazing like time for personal development it wouldn't be taken out of our working day so it literally you could go to it just like any other meeting on your calendar and they launched that 
I also then said I'd like to go on the mental health first aid course because what had also then come out of those vulnerable conversations is folks were sitting with me and going for coffees and sharing because they knew I'd understand. They knew that I'd be empathetic. They knew that I'd hold space for them um, based on what I'd shared with them. And so I had an agreement where I could spend up to two hours each week, really just supporting the team in that way. But again, naturally, I wanted to I wanted to help. I didn't just want to be a listening ear. And I think for a lot of people, when they think about coaching and talking therapies, which coaching is one of, um, they think I'm just paying somebody to just listen to me. Mm, Can't my friend do that? Can't my partner do that? Right. And it's not that it's a more proactive sort of means. But ultimately, from there, I got mental health first aid trained. I found a course that became my first certification in life coaching. So both of my certifications are in life coaching. I just apply life coaching to career goals because career has always been me. Like you can't have business cards age 14 and not be a career coach, right? I've always been one. So let's just formalize that stuff. But either way, so I went into coaching myself. I also loved it for my own personal experience. And really, you know, as much as I bounced back from that burnout, I wanted to decode what had happened. I wanted to understand what was going on for me. I wanted to understand some new ways of working and really workshop that with somebody. And to that end, my first coaching session, I can't lie, I didn't like it at first. I spilled my guts. And then I said, so what do you think I should do? And they said, that's not what this is about. What do you think you should do? And I was like, an hour of my life and you're not going to help me? What? (laughs) But I gave into it eventually and understood that actually what he said, because it was a male coach at first, um, was the power of coaching. That was a power of coaching. And so naturally, as I trained, the training is very hands on and practical. So I had clients. I also then had an agreement with my organization who actually sponsored the training and then took it from my salary. Essentially, that was the basis. Um, You know, and I said, you know, that means that I can, with permission and consent, apply these skills now in these coffee chats and these walks that folks are, are kind of booking in with me as peers in the organization. And essentially, the rest of it was kind of history. I was made redundant from that role in December but also um qualified like submitted my final assignment and got my certificate um so in the January of that year which is five years ago to this very month that I'm recording I said if not now when right I said if not now when I already had gone back to people who had trained with me and said look I've been coaching for free would you pay started off charging 20 pounds an hour and a few folks said yes and it was amazing it felt like oh my gosh you value it enough to give me money what um but also began that building that muscle of coaching for me in the coaching business I dove into doing workshops partnering with tech communities like all of it I did all of it. I was so, so, so in love with this new career of mine, ultimately. And thankfully, five years later, I'm here to tell you that story. Um, But ultimately, when it comes to coaching, it's a conversation. It's a challenging and curious conversation um, where we begin with a focus. It's typically around an intention uh, to overcome a challenge or to explore a key theme. So you always come to coaching with with an aim or just something that's top of mind. Right. It doesn't need to be as stringent or structured as a focus or a goal per se. But the idea is at the end of it, because it is forward looking and it's biased towards action, you come away with what I describe as commitments, things 
things that you're going to do next you're going to experiment with right and be those very short term i.e when i get off this session i'm going to do this or plan for the future actually when it hits the half year point i'm going to do this or that and and so on and these are all decided by you and my role as coach is to help you pull those out you know dig those up and through that process you get empowered in the knowledge that oh my gosh i can actually solve my own problems um one of the my biggest sort of bugbears just in general society is how much we are trained especially by the education system to look outside for solutions first we are uh taught to ask the teacher before you do something right ask your lecturer before you choose that as your topic ask your teammate right ask your like ask everyone apart from yourself so it means when you get into a space of coaching and somebody goes what do you think you're thrown for a loop because a you can't remember the last time anybody asked you that and B, you're not well versed in understanding, reflecting on and articulating what you actually think because you are so out of practice and nobody asks that. Asks that. <laughs> um, and so for me, that's a huge part of the power of coaching, right? It puts you back in the driver's seat. And for me, it did several things. So for me, coaching in my life, um, it empowered me to amplify me, my thoughts, my solutions, my ideas, and ultimately then retrained me. It rewired me to look inwards before looking outwards, right? And I say this as somebody who I'll do my own reflection. I may send a podcast length WhatsApp voice note to my trusted friends. Uh, and to be honest, quite a few of them are either coaches or in the personal development space. So what returns is usually a blend of advice and a potent question, Um but that's my that's my posture is to really go in before I then talk to my husband or talk to my manager or a trusted friend. Right. And that has been so powerful. Right. The solutions aren't always in my hand. And I think this is one thing that I've always found really interesting. And um, I had an interesting conversation with somebody who was just like, um, how does coaching work with religion? right? Because aren't you kind of like a guru? And I'm like, you yeah, know, that's not what coaching is, right? And I explained that just in the same way that I can find my own solutions and then pray about them as a Christian, I identify as a Christian, um, you can find your own solutions and talk them through with your spouse. You can find your own solutions and still talk them through with your manager, with your, um, with your teacher, with your lecturer, whoever that kind of figure may be that you want to help hold you accountable um, and support you and understand your decisions but it doesn't remove agency it doesn't interfere with those beliefs in fact it layers it right another example of this is um the way that I'm supported as a coach as a coach I have my own coach as a coach I have a coaching supervisor now these are two different people so the coaching supervisor will really look at my coaching practice my coaching skill my identity and impact as a coach best practice ethical conundrums um, all of those things come into coaching supervision and then my coach is about my mindset it's about my goals it's about me moving forward and uncovering those things and then also separate to that I also have therapy and that again is about me and we'll touch on therapy a little bit later but ultimately it 
coaching empowered me to amplify me. I had grown up inhaling personal development books, which are great, but I hadn't built the muscle of pulling those personal development books through my own values, my own principles, my own belief system. Um, it was very copy and paste. And when you go into coaching, you can come in with all of these, uh, I'm going to call for a metaphor, I'm going to call them post-its with lots of different mental models and tips and three steps processes. And you can just try them on. Does this fit me? Does this work for me? Do I want to experiment with that? Do I even believe with this? Do I want to throw that out? The other thing I realized, especially as someone who is ambitious, I identify as a high achiever, high performer. I'm always on to the next. And coaching really gave me that space to pause, to reflect, to celebrate or consolidate um, what I was experiencing and what I was learning. And coaching gave me that space to do that. In many senses, coaching is a huge form of self-care because it forces you to pause. It forces you to focus on you, right? So much so that actually that's a big part of some of the work that I do with clients is helping them realize how much um, when they are encouraged and I guess, mandated to focus on themselves, they focus on other people. And whether that's due to people pleasing, whether that's due to habit, but again, it's a stark moment of, oh my goody, goody gosh, am I so lacking in the area of space for me, about me, that it is extremely uncomfortable and difficult for me to do? Um, what does that say? What does that do? What does that result in, right? And making my clients kind of comfortable with the discomfort of you know mid-session me going okay and what about you how did that impact you and just bringing it back to you and I see that as a huge part of my role as a coach coaching also showed me that I'm not broken it also showed me that personal development shouldn't be about fixing right because you're not broken but it's about deepening your appreciation of yourself going back to what I said about consolidating those thoughts it would force me to really see the areas where I have grown but also recognize where self-compassion is required when there isn't necessarily a goal where there is space for contentment and joy and what does that actually look like again especially as an ambitious person who just always has something next the other thing that coaching really did for me and how it's impacted my life is I, I used to fight with my circumstances um for me university was a pretty tough time I worked multiple jobs um I that was the first time I'd experienced anxiety and ultimately what I now know was depression I was very isolated because of it right there, there's nothing like being invited to Nando's having £2.95 in your account and hoping and praying and wishing that when you check your Nando's card that you have something on there so you can say yes and not feel um left out simply because you, you just don't have it right um there were so many seasons where I just did not have it and because I didn't think anyone would understand I just I just excluded myself I didn't go to spaces or um conversations where I could be invited to do something that I just categorically could not do and I couldn't explain why I couldn't do it um but overall that ended up being a pretty difficult time for me and so I used to fight with those circumstances I was so angry at those circumstances because I felt I'm a good person I work hard I just want to have a normal experience and everything is just so 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 difficult um and when I went into coaching I was able to look back on those experiences, which is very rare for coaching because coaching is forward looking. Um, but it helps me to see any of these experiences, any of these similar experiences as my greatest teachers. 
right? One of my bouts of depression took place after I'd become a coach and I was able to use self-coaching alongside therapy. So coaching did not, no, mm -mm. when things evolved into depression, we went and got some CBT. Um, But ultimately I then was able to reframe my perspective on things and that helped me to work with it better, right? That helped me to work with it better. It's kind of like in a relationship, when you see someone as your enemy, you're less likely to cooperate with them. Whereas when you're at peace with the fact that actually we may not always get along, but you're here for a reason, let's just crack on. It's very, very different. And I think to that end, the last thing that it really, really showed me and continues to show me is a level of humility. Life will humble you. And having a place to be honest with myself helped me put it all into context, right? Help me be honest with others. There is an element that I exist with that was grown through coaching and being coached and learning the discipline and the skill of coaching that helped me really, really double down on the realities that I can only be me. And my job is to just be more me every day, every week, every year. And that's something I say to all my clients. That's something I say to everybody. Your one job is to just return to your true self and be authentic with that. And coaching gives me a place to realize what those are, what fits, what doesn't. Like I said before, trying things on for size. But ultimately, coaching, coaching is powerful beyond measure. And I think that's why it frustrates me so much Um, in a previous episode where I sat down with Rachel and we just had a discussion about the coaching industry and how it does a disservice to people who genuinely can be, have been, will be helped by coaches by turning it into um, MLL. MLM, that's what it's called, multi-level marketing, CD, untrustworthy, shady, shady business, like all of that stuff. You can go back and look at the episode. I'll, I'll link it into the show notes. But ultimately for me, I ride for coaching. I will defend coaching to the end of the world because I believe it will change the world. I believe that coaching will unlock the ambitious folks, right? In a sustainable way that will give us a heightened sense of self-awareness to keep us in check, to keep us compassionate right to keep us in tune with our fuel our values our mission all of those things that allow us to push forward so that when we get to our goals we're still ourselves right we've maintained that sense of self and it's a space for us to genuinely see if we're rolling down a hill to burnout or a beautiful place it is that check-in it exemplifies that we have our own inherent wisdom that we are the experts in our lives that we have more agency than we often think that we do we have more potential than we often think we do and ultimately it helps to strengthen our sense of self because we spend that time with self yes there's a coach there but you'll spend time with yourself before and after sessions um i share resources with my clients that involves them sitting down and it may be journaling it maybe going for a walk um just this week one of the things that I invited my client to do is to go somewhere beautiful aspirational as she sits down and reviews her 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 goals and her vision for the next uh five years of her life right and again that empowers her sense of self that tells her I get to be in these kind of surroundings I get to feel pleasure and joy and and again especially for the high achievers goal setting doesn't need to feel like discipline it doesn't need to feel like a chore it can feel like something that's very open and abundant and full of wonder and curiosity right and and experience 
And that also leads me to the other reason why I believe that coaching will change the world. It will make us more curious and empathetic. There is nothing like sitting in your discomfort, your shame, your annoyance, your anger, your frustration, and also your boldness, your sense of self, your sense of appreciation, your gratitude, all of these emotions that come into the coaching space to help you realize just how human we all are and how we're all wired a particular way and how we all operate in different ways and how we can really seek to gain understanding of others as we gain understanding of ourselves. Again, in those coaching sessions where we're talking about something that somebody did to you or around you or did and it then had an impact on your life, we then, through having empathy for ourselves in that moment, we're able to build that bridge to empathy to that other person, to that circumstance, to that decision, to that change and really just remember and anchor ourselves and humble ourselves in our humanity this episode is brought to you courtesy of the vault my membership that is the secret weapon for high achievers everywhere through our private podcasts monthly group coaching and intuitive networking we have a community of folks who get it and are busy go getting go to justjazz.co forward slash vault to join us today Coaching is going to change the world if we let it. <laughs> that's that's the reality. But that's why I'm passionate about it. That's why I'm on a mission to empower 10,000 people through coaching, right, to build those ambitious careers with coaching at the core of it, or at least as a component. And I could have chosen anything as, as my mission. I could have chosen any method, but I believe in coaching. It's changed my lives. My life, it's changed the lives of my clients. It's changed the lives of so many people that I know. Um, so that's a huge thing for me. And there's a few things that you should really know about coaching, right? Coaching is a skill. I'm trained. I practice. I'm supervised in the use of my skill. And it is a actual discipline that you can apply, right? You can ask my husband. He knows when we're just having a conversation <laughs> and when I'm very tempted to coach him. And I will ask permission to do that. Again, it's a skill. Um, and ultimately, another thing to remember is that it's different to mentoring. Mentoring is also a skill. You may choose me because you, as your coach, because you resonate with some part of my experience, my identity, my perspectives. But I always make clear when I'm coaching clients um, when precisely I take that hat off. I ask for permission and step into mentoring or teaching. Um, and in the same sense, if I, if you ever come to any of my webinars or my workshops and we we go into the space of Q and A or you ask a question. I'll ask if I can ask you a coaching question back or typically I'll caveat to say, look, I may ask you a question in return to your question. It's not a quiz. It's not an exam. You don't have to do anything with it. But I'm always a coach because I believe in it that much. The other thing to know, and you'll, you know, you'll pick up on this. and You can find out more about this in the episode that I recorded with Rachel Walker um, is it's unregulated. So I want to encourage everyone to do their due diligence. I do my due diligence when working with coaches. That's why I am so open about coaching and my approach and my style. Um, I'm open about it and give people a chance to experience it in the webinars, in the workshops. And that's why it's a core part of the Vault membership. You get monthly group coaching so that if one to one feels too intense or you don't even know what it is and what it can do, you can come in and dip your toe. You can come in and observe. I'm very clear on the benefits of both being coached, but also observing coaching can be so, so, so transformational, too. 
For me personally, I chose ICF, so the International Coaching Federation. They are a global body. I I have always coached under their ethics. Very recently in December, I got my ACC, so my Associate Coaching Certification, um, which is my second coaching certification. And I chose them because they're flexible yet thorough. They are moving their coaches that are in action um, and they are a body that is really, really committed to upholding a standard of coaching so that when folks say they are a coach, it can be a trusted space, right? There's governance. If you are ever unhappy with my coaching, if you feel that I have um, breached something from an ethical perspective, they are who I'm accountable to. And I take that very, very seriously. And I say that to say that certification may not be important to you based on your desired result, right? There are times that I've worked with folks who have um who apply the coaching skill they aren't certified as coaches but the skill that they are actually imparting the focus of their program or their service is more on the mentoring side right in those instances I myself have, haven't personally looked for a certification I've tried it for myself and understood do I feel safe here are they clear in their ethics and boundaries are they clear on how calls are even hosted, how people are communicated with different things. So I say that to say, you know, do your due diligence and fill in, feel into what's important for you and valuable for you. But for me, I am, you know, the ICF is what I uphold to. I'm continuously doing CPD. Like I said, it's a skill just like any other. Just like if you train as an accountant, you have to do top up classes, you do your ethics assessment every year and different things like that. Coaching is exactly the same. And, you know, you all know me to be a coach that coaches part-time around my full-time role just because I work with clients in part-time hours and part-time time doesn't make this any less of a career for me so I take it just as seriously as my tech role coaching isn't a few things though I touched on it before coaching is not therapy it's very different therapy will focus on the past and present coaching will focus on the future and present right therapy the way that therapists are trained, there is an element of um, diagnosis that they can provide. There is an element of expert opinion that they can provide. They are qualified, supervised, supported and experienced and highly, highly skilled in doing that. And I say this not only from a dictionary definition perspective, but also somebody who has both a coach and a therapist very very different and for different things and to that end I would say you know as much as I believe in the power of coaching I encourage everyone to at least try it once it's not helpful for everyone at all times when I think back to the time where I was in the deepest depths of my depression coaching wouldn't have been helpful for several reasons I didn't have the capacity coaching is biased towards action it is very difficult to go for your goals if you are struggling to get up um wash yourself, make yourself presentable, leave the house, right? And I don't say this lightly, but essentially, if you're going through something like depression or something similar, it is the basic survival tasks that are top of mind for you. So actually reaching for the stars is counterintuitive and in many, many ways can unravel that and apply undue pressure because coaching looks forward unapologetically it's always going to look forward I'm always going to ask my clients what are you going to do next what are your next steps what are your commitments going forward because that is my role and that's my commitment and the other thing as well I would say around coaching is really being in a space where you can value it 
okay, where you can value it. You are intentional in what you want to get out of the coaching experience. It's not necessarily like going to a gym class, right? And and many of you who connect with me on any social platform know that I've been on a health journey, a fitness journey um, of going to the gym. And there's that element of, oh my gosh, I can't be bothered to go. But if you get yourself to a gym class and you just do what the instructor says, you will very rarely regret going right? You'll very rarely regret going. You'll always get a result as long as you do what they say. If you show up to coaching without an intention, a focus, and again, like I said, it doesn't need to be, Jazz, I want a new job. It can just be, Jazz, I want to understand why I got triggered this week. It can be that, right? Doesn't need to be super duper, um, I'm going to call it stereotypically high achieving, right? Jazz, I want to do, 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 do. Sometimes you want to be, sometimes you want to understand. Um, you won't get what you need out of it. It won't be as helpful as it could be if you showed up with an intention. And that's another reason why, especially for my clients, when they book their sessions, I ask them, what's your focus? And I also let them know, you can come back and update this at any time. Because I want to remind them at every step that every minute, every moment that we spend, I want it to be intentional. I want it to contribute. I want it to be a building block towards what they are going towards. And again, remind them that they are in control of what happens in that session. It is led by them it is all about them so no a one-to-one coaching session is not like having a private workshop on imposter syndrome it's not that that would be mentoring that would be training and there's a space for that there's always going to be a space for that we can get inspired and then use coaching to pull pull it through our own personal filter but it's really really important to understand that coaching will be most helpful for you at a time where you can value it and be intentional with it. And in some ways you have a sense of urgency, right? You you have a bigger picture that is connected to. And I say this as somebody who I work for a company that gives us coaching. And I know there's some people who will take that benefit just because it's there. And it's not to say that one session might not help you find goals. That's Sometimes that is the reality. Sometimes understanding your intentions can be the intention for the session. But I just say it to say, be mindful that, yes, I'm going to talk about coaching until I am blue in the face. There is such thing as it not being the right time for you. There is such thing as it not being the right space for you. There is such thing as it not being that deep, right? Sometimes your intention isn't that deep. Sometimes you don't need coaching. You just need to do all the things that you said you were going to do right so that's another thing that I want to caveat in terms of the things that you should know and just really understand and explore around coaching so that being said I want to shift gears a little bit because I am talking to you as a coach for ambitious careers and companies and organizations and communities right I'm here for all the ambitious folks um I want to spend some time to just explain how I coach how I have designed my coaching experiences quite intentionally. So feel free to drop off the episode here if you're not curious, I will not be offended, but I definitely wanna use this as a space to really, really share what it looks like, why it looks the way it does, what that experience is, what I mean when I say book a call and what happens on the ominous call um, and and what are some of the things that I just want you to know, I want you to be aware of. My my MO when it comes to coaching and folks who are curious or interested in coaching with me is providing enough insight and information for you to make the best decision for you. The end. That's it. It's always your decision. I am not here to quote unquote convince anybody, especially given what I just mentioned, right? It's not 
right or um, applicable for absolutely everyone. Um, so I want you to be empowered in anything that you choose to do, right? Anything, including coaching and coaching with me. So first thing, two coaching experiences. There is the coaching intensive and there is just what I call coaching. I often describe it as long-term coaching. So starting off with long-term coaching, because that came first, um, that is essentially working with me for six months. Now, what I would say about this is that the caveat is that your sessions must be taken within a six-month window. But again, I really pride myself on having an empowered experience where you can book your sessions whenever you want. So if you want to talk every week while you're in the thick of it, do that. If you want to talk once a month, do that. If you, However you want to shape it, if you want to come in the office, you want to do things uh, remotely, all of that, that's there for you. And those longer containers are really amazing for really um, longer-term, bigger goals where you want support along the journey of your goal. I would say that's the biggest differentiator between long-term coaching and the coaching intensive. You want that support in between. Because what it looks like is being able to work on a particular goal, you go away and really act on your commitment, see what comes back and you fold that back into what you're doing. And you start to build a way of work. You start to build a way of existing long term. We all know how long it takes to build a habit. And that's another reason why long term coaching exists, because it gives you that space to fall off and come back on. It gives you that space to heck, have a holiday, <laughs> take a break, right? And come back with intention. It gives you that space to realize I've got a coaching session with Jazz tomorrow, but I'm not going to be in the right headspace. Let me cancel it and not feel beholden to a fortnightly routine or beholden to oh my gosh I've only got two sessions I need to like milk them for all their worth right it gives you that sense of ease and spaciousness whereas on the other side coaching intensive I'd say the biggest thing with that is you don't necessarily want that ongoing support you don't necessarily need it however also on top of that is there's an element of urgency so the most common goals for booking a coaching intensive with me is new job because there's inherent urgency in that. Um, and there's an element of us really coaching, uncovering, and then me providing you with a set of customized tools, um, reviews, uh, models, all of those things that you can just take with you in perpetuity and crack on, right? It's about you saying, Jazz, I want to figure out what I'm doing and get a plan, right? It's for something that's strategic, something that's like, I want to process, I want to structure. Um, and there's definitely space for reflection in that, but less so. It's a bit more practical. I would definitely describe the coaching intensive as a blend of coaching and mentoring from my perspective. And again, I'll touch on this later. That's something that I'm also very specific about from the proposal to all the way through. You're always clear about when we're going to go into a coaching space versus when I'm going to step into a mentoring space and start to um, advise and provide models and resources. So the coaching intensive is two hours. Now, what I will say with that two hours is a lot of clients split that in two. But the reality is there is an ongoing support, right? I'm not checking in with you three months later, six months later. We're not having calls in between. We have two hours to spend. If after an hour, we've come to a natural pause where there's a lot, there's a lot coming up, there's resources, there's things like that, we'll split it in two. But again, those two sessions aren't very much further than a couple of weeks apart. And again, there still is, there isn't that sort of space in between, right? My long-term coaching clients, we email, 
they email me back and forth from time to time throughout the six months. I'll upload things to their private portal that are themes that have popped up in previous sessions. I might draw them diagrams, record them personalized videos, things like that. That isn't present in the intensive. And again, to a certain extent, it doesn't need to be because it's very short, sharp, urgent, focused, right? And it's partly kind of a done with you experience because there's elements that I'll do. I'll review your LinkedIn. I'll review your CV, things like that. I can review job descriptions and create custom walkthroughs, etc. But either way, two things. Both of them start with a consultation. And I call it a consultation because it is exactly that, right? It's when you, it's like when you go to the doctors, you have 10 minutes to explain what's going on for you. They return with, here's some possibilities. Am I hearing everything right? Do I have all the notes correct? And then they may give you a prescription or they may schedule an onwards appointment or give you a lot of detail about your options. It is a process that we do together. We co-create on this consultation objectives for your coaching. We co-create a plan for your coaching and that looks like you sharing exactly what's going on for you what you desire how things are impacting for you and I return on the call with an outline of what we could do in coaching with you I also in this call make a recommendation for which service is most potent for your goal once we've established it so I would say that you don't need if you like the sound of both and you're not sure when you book the consultation there's a space for you to say I'm not sure which service I want um the call is 30 minutes you don't need to prep anything you just show up as you are and then what happens next is I send a proposal detailing specifically what we will work on if any elements of that are started before the first session after the first session after the end all of those things right and this is so important again I want to create an empowered experience all the way through and ultimately you don't go to get your nails done and not know the paint color and you don't do a degree without at least knowing the modules knowing the ranking of the university knowing um, something, right? I want to make it easy for you to do that due diligence. I want to make it easy for you to see, actually, this is specifically what I'm saying yes to. And what I will say around that, I send the proposal. The proposal is open for 30 days. If we reach day 31, all that happens is you just need to book a new consultation. Why? Our careers and our lives evolve at such a rapid rate that it's so important. It's imperative for us to refresh that proposal. It's so, so important for us to really look at it again I've got clients who I've worked with long term i.e six months and they when they decide to continue working with me they also have another consultation even though at this point I know them so well and we've probably discussed some of the onwards goals it's so important to have that punctuation point where we're able to really check in and go okay right this is where we are right now what does it look like ahead what do you want what's top of mind what are your intentions and then again I return with that detailed proposal and then ultimately, when it comes to those proposals, I first time, the second time, day 31 in 30 days, whatever, I will typically check in at an agreed time. So I'll ask you, you know, when would you, when would you like me to check in? But ultimately, beyond that, I believe what I say when I say you're the expert on you and you know what what's best so I'm just here I know that the proposal is in your inbox if you ever wanted to come back so no I'm not going to hunt you down slide in your dms send you a bunch of voice notes like if I do it's literally going to be about something else it's literally going to be like hey on our consultation you spoke about side hustles here's a free workshop that I'm doing next week thought you'd be interested right so it is never going to be guilting you for not moving forward immediately 
because again who am I to guilt anybody that that's such a judgy thing to do and I'm a bit passionate about that because somebody did that to me they said you know why can't you take out a credit card or ask your husband for the money or etc 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 we don't do any of that around here because that makes my skin crawl it's so icky and it's so unnecessary and it is not what my coaching is actually about right as far as I'm concerned from the moment you book a coaching consultation you're a client I'm going to treat you just like any other empowered client who knows what they want and what they need who is empowered to ask me as many questions as they want heck you're empowered to jump on another call Right. I've had as many as three calls with somebody to answer their questions and really illustrate the experience so that they could feel totally comfortable in the decision that they're making. And again, those calls are led by them and I'm open for those. And then ultimately, if you decide to work with me, we get everything cracking. Right. You get an online portal with both your admin bits. So, yes, there is an agreement. I'm a certified and insured coach, so there is always going to be an agreement for our work. Um, invoice, uh, access to take your Clifton Strengths assessment. You get a welcome pack with some pre exercises, reflective exercises. And then that portal becomes a place of session notes and those additional resources that I mentioned. And again, these additional resources aren't homework, they are tailored, super optional, supportive tools based on what has happened in the conversation. So even the resources are led by you as the coachee, as the client. I am not prescribing things to you without any anchoring or any inkling of what you need right at the end of your session the actual coaching conversation I say is there anything that I can do to support you and that's typically the space where folks go actually I'd love to know some personal branding strategies I'd love to know some career change examples etc and that's where I show up I show up where I'm invited to all of the sessions are booked online super flexibly it's automated I don't have time for the back and forth if if a client is emailing me it is a check-in. It is a, hey, Jazz, this is what's top of mind for me. And we're able to have that conversation. I don't want any of us wasting our time on back and forth emails on when we are and aren't available. Those sessions take place either remotely on Google Hangouts, Google Meet. Jeez, that's how long I've been using Google stuff. Um, or in my London office where I serve an array of teas and I offer very comfy seat and environment. Um, so that's essentially what we kind of kick off with. And then we continue the journey all led by you with me there to support with curious and challenging coaching. So I thought it was really important for me to open that up, articulate that a little bit, because it can seem like a magic box, right? And I call mine a coaching consultation. I work with some coaches who describe it as a discovery call. Um, some folks call it a sales call, right? Because you're trying to understand um, the product, the service. Um, it can be all of the above. I just choose to call it a consultation. And here I have chosen to articulate exactly what happens in there. Um, so that actually is the end of this coaching uncovered episode. And just as we close, I want to let you know there is space for you to do that in the show notes or just in general. My email is jazz at justjazz.co. If you ever want to find out more about coaching, if there's a question I haven't asked, I want to hear from you. Um, I also want to let you know is that you can book a consultation at any time. 
If you're listening to this episode at the top of the year and you know at some point during the year you'll be ready for coaching, you can have a consultation anytime and choose to move forward at any time. There is no obligation for you to instantly be ready to move forward. And again, like I said, if you are curious about coaching with me, the vault is the very best place for you to get into that and see my style and see my approach and see the impact of the coaching that I bring to that space. And then as ever, I'm going to make the show notes as juicy and useful as possible and just link in some blogs that I have around my coaching approach, um, some things that you should think about when considering a coach. Again, a coach doesn't need to be me, right? There's so many coaches out there. I want, I, I want, I actually want you to be picky. <laughs> like I want you to be picky because I know what it's like when you find the perfect coach for you. And ultimately we all deserve that. And it does play into your experience, right? It's like any other thing. I remember when I first had my session with my personal trainer and she was just like, this is partly me figuring out the fitness, but also figuring out whether we actually want to work too together do we get along do we work and I you know and we had so many laughs she knew how to motivate me and I thought this is the person for me and I could have worked with any personal trainer but I work with her because we vibe and it's okay to choose a coach because you vibe right that that can definitely be a part of it um because you're going to spend a lot of time right and I'm going to ask you some questions I'm going to challenge you heck I might even piss you off sometimes that's all okay. That's all part of the job description. <laughs> so I really want to encourage you to, to be curious and look at all of those things um, for you as you go through. And again, my DMs and all the things are always open if you're ever curious about coaching with me. And of course, book book that call if you if you want to become a Just Jazz coaching client this year, because it's going to be exciting. The other thing that I didn't mention, I do client only events. Um, I believe in yummy food and beautiful surroundings and just getting rooms full of ambitious people together. So um, that definitely always ends up being a, a, a little perk of things. Um, so yeah, reach out. Don't forget to reach out with any gems you took away. My DMs and inbox are always open and waiting to hear. And if you liked this episode, you should probably join the crew. So sign up to the Monday Memo to get weekly messages that put you back at the center of your ambitious career. With passion-filled musings created to educate and inspire, you'll have everything you need to fuel your ambitious career this year. Go to justjazz.co forward slash join and I'll see you there. Thank you.